Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday, Colorado week. And we have a very special guest for you today. We're talking with former USC All-American, of course, NFL defensive lineman Sean Cody is joining us on the podcast today. We want to talk about what's been going on with USC, what he sees. He's actually doing the pre- and post-game shows, if you listen on the radio. You can hear Sean uh, giving his analysis on what's going on with the USC football team. So I thought we'd bring... Sean Cody on today. Sean, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you know, no problem. Uh, hey, what's your Twitter handle so people know they can follow you? Uh, it's at Sean Cody ninety five. I don't know my Instagram and Facebook. Come friend me up, man. I'm ready for some more friends. Nice, uh, Sean Cody ninety five. Uh, you played what? Well, you played the NFL for what? Eight years? Yeah, eight years in the NFL. Four in Detroit and four in Houston. Yeah, and then uh, and you came and I know you were we were at practice yesterday, so Sean comes out because he does the pre and post game show. He'll come out at least once a week to practice, and uh, I saw Tim Tesselone introducing you to a group of suits out there, kind of. <laughs> hey, this is what a football player looks like. Yeah, you know, I get I get uh, used up when I come down to practice. Tim's gonna Tim's gonna put me in some awkward uh, circumstances. No, but it was the. Uh, it was the people from Annenberg, the communications building. I'm I'm looking at maybe uh, advancing my my education uh, in the in communications. So there, those are the people there at, from from Annenberg. So that was a big haughty toddy crowd that I was trying to impress. Oh, nice. So you now you came back and finished your degree, right? Yes, yes. I got an undergraduate in sociology. Okay, and then then you were, so you were looking at a, a master's now. Is that the yeah, that's that's what's going on. Trying to maybe think about doing a master's, trying to fit it in with a, a busy schedule and uh, some kids running around too. <laughs> Three kids, busy schedule covering USC, and then uh, throwing a master's in there somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, hey, you know, you're doing good in the communication stuff. So that's. I, it seemed like Tim was trying to push you in that direction, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Tim's been the uh, catalyst behind my career here. He's the one who's called me up for the, doing the radio and and uh, give me pointers here and there, here and there, and, and recommendations. So Tim, Tim Teslund, uh, he knows what he's doing. So I just, I just follow along. Okay. Uh, well, hey, before we jump into uh, talking about the team, I just want to let everyone know about our sponsor for the Peristyle Podcast, Dollar Shave Club. So great stuff. I've been, uh, I'm a, a member now, and I really love it. I started using the uh, the Wanderer soap products in the in the shower. So it's not just shaving stuff. There's grooming products and stuff as well. So it's pretty cool. But you don't have to choose between price. And quality when you want a great shave. And uh, I, I said this on the last show. Um, I'm not a big shaver. I know Sean Cody's not a big shaver either. But uh, now that I have the, the Dollar Shave Club razors and stuff, I'm shaving more often. So, I, you know, I got the not the regular office job. So I don't have to be shaving all the time. You know, when I go to practice, it's okay to have some stubble. But I'm shaving more now with Dollar Shave Club. And they're going to give you the first month free um, if you, you because of the Peristyle podcast here. So it's cool. So you just go and try the first month free. No, no obligation or anything like that. Um, you know, there's uh, there's different products you can get and then delivered uh, to you. So just go to dollarshaveclub.com uh, slash USC. Uh, they'll hook you up. But it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, to to try it out and the, the different stuff that comes in. So definitely check it out. Dollarshaveclub.com 
slash USC. And like I said, you'll get your first first month free. Uh, it might be hard to get through that beard of yours, Sean. If you, you know that first oh, time. But if there's one company to trust, it's Dollar Shave Cut, man. If I if I got a uh, if I if, if if I one day shave this uh, crazy looking stuff off my face, I, when I go out for a nice date or something with my wife, maybe I'll, I'll trim that neck up with a nice Dollar Shave Club razor there. Nice, nice. All right, Sean. Um, yeah, it's been working for me, so it's pretty cool. So Dollar Shave Dollar Shave Club dot com slash USC. Yeah, you look a lot better one. at practice, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, you're getting practice at this, Sean, uh, you know, doing the pre and post game show, um, you know, the added to your duties, uh, this year, you know, as a former athlete, a lot of people, you know, a former USC athlete, a lot of people kind of look to you for your expertise and stuff. Has it been challenging, uh, to, to kind of take over that role and be, you know, critical at times of, you know, guys that you you were in that role yourself at one point. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the the hard part for me is, you know, analyzing players because you always have, being a former player, you always have difficulties. I remember watching guys analyze, you know, our performance or my performance and, and thinking, you know, this guy doesn't know what my coaches are saying or what, what what's going on in my meeting room and what they're telling me to do. And, and so that's the hard part, I think, as an analyst is really – you really feel responsible for for knowing what those players are doing and what what you know what what their responsibilities are, and then analyzing from that, and not just you know listening to what other people are saying they should be doing, but really focusing on what the coaches are telling them and and if they're performing their task. I think that's where you know some analysts can just go askew by just watching one play and 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 analyzing it and saying, well, that guy did it wrong, but you you might not know if that guy had the coverage or if it was his responsibility. So I I I take a lot of resp- uh, personal pride in trying to get that right and not you know throwing guys under the bus and uh, on that level. I mean that's a really hard part of what we do, and you know at USC things are much more open than some other programs, so we do get to watch practice and we can see kind of what they're working on. Um, but you're still not. I mean. You might, you know, get some more, uh, just you know, being a forward player and maybe get some more insider stuff. But what we can see, you know, we can see them working on practice, but we don't. We're not in the meetings. We're not sure what, you know, if, if they're calling plays just to highlight one aspect of the game or the other, or this is an offensive drill versus a defensive drill. I mean, we still don't. We get to see a lot, but we still don't know everything that's going on. And certainly, we know more than the TV guy who maybe only sees them for one time and just is analyzing that one play. But still, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't even know about. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't claim to know uh, everything that's going on either. I'm sure some of my stuff probably sounds outlandish to some of the players and coaches when I say it. But I, I, I think as long as you do your due diligence in, in trying to know uh, what they're trying to do, their concepts, and, and uh, what you know the responsibilities are, I think that's, that's probably enough. And you can kind of kind of guesstimate some of that stuff by, by just and they're not going to tell you everything that's going on even though I'm a former player and uh, you know I try to find out what's happening I, I'm, I'm still I'm still a part of the media and, and kept at arm's length distance, distance. yeah is that, well I mean your you know former teammate is one of the coaches with Kenichi Daisy uh is that I mean is that kind of weird like if you're asking him like media questions is he hesitant at all to talk to you about stuff or how's that relationship yeah, there's I I've poked and prodded there, and I, I kind of find my happy ground where I can get some stuff from him, some information, and then I know where the lines I can't cross. And he's told me, hey, that's uh that's game plan stuff, man. We can't get in there. So, so he he's he's pretty good. And you know, if you've done any interviews with Kenechi, he's pretty stern and and straightforward on on what to, he's going to talk about, and what he's not going to talk about. So he he's he definitely lays the line down. Yeah, it's funny, like for being coming up through you know the Pete Carroll era, where I think to me personally. 
and you know it helps me do my job to have the openness that USC has but you know for you guys to be able to be interviewed all the time um, they've limited a little more now but you can still we can still talk to all the players every week um, I mean I to me it seems like USC players come out better ready you know for the NFL as far as interviews go they've talked they've done a lot of interviews or if you're someplace else where you're not allowed to ever talk to the media that first time you do it at the pro day or whatever it just seems like you know that you would just be a, a deer in the headlights. So it seems like it's helped, uh, but can he, it's, it's funny. Like even though you know Ku came up through that, he seems to be more of the Nick Saban. Like don't talk as you know, don't talk unless you absolutely have to right now. Yeah, I think that's his. He's trying to make a, a statement and trying to you know trying to display the kind of coach he's going to be and and that hard nose, just about ball kind of kind of coach. And I think that's that's what he displays. Because I know Ku behind the scenes, he's a He's a good family man. He's got a daughter, and he's a good guy. But I think he's trying to display that image for you know for the media to say, hey, I'm a tough nose, hard nose ball coach, and, and and this is what it's about. But to me, it's the when I when I go to now and, and I see where the media is at. I remember walking around campus and seeing Scott Wolf or Gary Klein, Dan <laughs> whatever, and and talking and doing interviews around, and it feels so so much more closed off to the media than it used to be. It was it used to be a free for all. And I asked Tim about that, and I was like, Tim, what's going on here, man? We we get our little box here, and and uh, we that, you know, we got offense today or defense today. It used to be a, a free for all out there for media, and, and but but I do think to that point it, it does train the USC football player. I remember. Uh, going to the NFL and, and having guys who didn't really want to speak to the media or weren't comfortable speaking to the media, and I always felt you know more than more than comfortable just because of the exposure I think you have it at USC. Yeah, it's funny. It has changed a lot, and like, yeah, I think they've obviously they've tried to you know once the sanctions hit, it started to get more restrictive. Um, yeah. You know, splitting up the where the recruits are versus where the parents are, and like Sean said, we're in this little box which we used to be able to walk all the way around the field. And, it, you know, it's good. Like when we take photos and, and video and stuff, we got a lot of cool different angles. It's a lot harder to do that now. Um, you don't really be complaining and stuff, but it's, you know, it's definitely different than when, when you were there. We could still do our job. We still get to talk to everybody every week. It's just not as as open as it used to be. I, I'm a little afraid that it's going to keep getting more closed off and there'll be a point where, you're, you know, uh, we're not going to practice at all. But, uh, you know, in L.A., it just seems like, you have to have some sort of openness because there's so many other things going on. If you close practice, media will just turn their attention somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and the catchphrase is compliance. You know, you, that, get, that word gets thrown around a ton at USC. Oh, oh compliance issue, compliance issue. So that's, I, <laughs> I've learned that even coming back as a former player. I'm, I, there, there's still a, a line there between, <laughs> between me and uh, being around all the guys. Would you, um, yeah, I know, for, for sure, with the media stuff. And I know I've talked to former players that – aren't doing like media stuff like you are. They just wanted to come back to practice. And I, I know at least a few years ago, there was times when they were turned off by it because they had to fill this stuff out or they had, I mean, it was like, Hey man, I, I used to play here. Can I, I can't come watch practice. I don't know if they've eased that up a little bit now. It seems like it's, it's eased somewhat, but there's still these procedures you got to go through. Yeah. I think, you know, Personally, I think Clay Helton has done a tremendous job of, at bringing the former players back into the fold. With you know, with Pete, it was pretty much everybody who played come back and watch practice. And you know how those practices were; it was almost like a circus at some of those things. But 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 Clay has done a great job of really reaching out to the former player base. And, and really, why wouldn't you? You know, you have such a, a a great group of players that you can 
dig into. I know he's had Marcus Allen and Ronnie Lotz and Keyshawn Johnson, all these guys who, you know, come back and talk. So it's to me, it's like, why wouldn't you pull from that from that uh, thing and not keep him at an arm's distance where, you know, like you had to, like you had to sign stuff to to get in there or, uh, or you know, whatever hoops they made you jump through. It, it was kind of ridiculous at, at some point. You didn't feel welcomed back as a player, but I think Clay's done a tremendous job, and 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 it's been a I think a great move by him to really get the former players behind him and the team and and. Uh, and reach out to them. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of the reason why, I mean, you guys are a lot of the reason why a lot of the recruits are there and want to be there. I mean, we still have people mentioning, you know, recruits, you know, more than 10 years later talking about Reggie Bush. And uh, yeah. I don't know how much longer Well, you know, lasts. it's funny, Ryan. I was doing an interview with uh, Sam Darnold the other day, and, and I was like, hey, Sam, and I was trying to, you know, introduce myself and say who I was. And he was like, Sean, you don't have to tell me all this, man. I was a big fan of that era, man. I used to follow you and that dude – my head almost exploded on the field there. I was so fired up that the starting quarterback Sam Darnold knew who Sean Cody was, and I felt <laughs> that little bit of uh, that little bit of limelight come back into my life, and it was a it was a shining moment in Sean Cody's day. <laughs> well, that's great, Sean. We want you to have shining moments. You're a shining guy. We want you to have some fun. That's awesome. So yeah, so Sam does see. Maybe we'll start with that. Um, it seems like the team had you know. There's two different teams. There was the first three games, you know, pre Sam Darnold, and the next two. Post Sam Darnold, um, he's about as Southern California as it gets, you know, San Clemente guy. And even guys like Carson Palmer or Matt Liner and stuff and, and Mark Sanchez, like they were Southern California guys, but they were more buttoned up. They were more like just they and and Sam just seems like he's he's out there. He'll talk about surfing or whatever. I mean, he's he's like the Utah game. Well, that sucked. You know, it just seems like he's so like genuinely. He's just like a genuine Southern California guy. And the players, I mean, even though they voted Max Brown as a captain, they seem to really rally around, you know, Sam now that he's the starter. Yeah, I think you get that vibe from Sam. I don't, you know, he hasn't been, it's almost like he's been untouched so far. It's like he's he's just pure, pure Sam right now. And, you know, you can get a little bit uh, diluted as you go along in your USC uh, process. And and it'll be interesting to watch Sam's journey because he's so young, but it was, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Cause it's, you know, it's, he's right now he's, you know, he's, he's, he's had a couple of good games and we're going to, we'll get to watch this unfold. I think if you see players like Carson or liner, you know, that, you know, that is that, is that moxie build is that, you know, quarterback performance build, they start to change, you know, a little bit as, you know, handling media and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how we'll get to see right from Sam's beginning of his, of his little journey here. The, uh, for you, the first three games, you're doing the, you know, the pregame show is fine. You can talk about whatever. But the postgame show, you're taking calls from angry USC fans. And, we, you know, we do this yeah. on the, the podcast. It's not the live thing. We're, you know, we're taking voicemails. And we I know after a loss, the, the inbox is full. Um, the, the voicemail boxes are full. They just, people are, are want to complain. Um, what's it been like for you handling that the first three games? And then the next two, even though the Utah game was a loss, it seemed like there was at least some positivity because people were excited about, you know, the emergence of Sam Darnold. Yeah, it's, you know, I think we've, unfortunately, we, me and uh, Chris Fisher, my my partner there on the post game, we've kind of become experienced professionals in handling uh, losses, which is, you know, kind of sad to say because we don't want to be losing football games, but we've, we've, you know, lost a few in these last couple of years and, and, and some really, you know, tough, heartbreaking losses that, Really, I think to affect the fan to a, down to their soul because these people are, 
the fans who call in are devastated, man, and they and they want answers and they want they, they want heads to roll and they you know they're pointing fingers at everybody and and they're just looking for comfort, man. And me and me and me and Chris know that we we really I, to me personally, I really want to get down to X's and O's and what why it happened and what's going on and and uh, so I always try to direct my attention to the to what's going on in the football field and less about you know talking about coaches and and what's going to happen you know on that level because my expertise really lies on the field not you know hiring uh, athletic directors or hiring coaches that's (laughs) not my expertise I like to see the film but I could you could definitely understand the 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 fans frustration in the first couple games it wasn't it wasn't going good and 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 nothing I I, and it's unfair to point really point it at Max Brown to say you know this is his fault there was a lot of things that were I thought were going wrong on the team as far as offensive line play and, and, and play calling and, 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 and a lot, and a lot of that stuff. So it was unfair. I thought to, to really mark Max as, as, as the culprit of that whole thing. Now, now has Sam come in and it really brought a spark. Yeah. I think Sam has done a great job. He looks energetic. He looks, you know, his decision-making I think is spot on. It's, it's quick. It's, it's fast. It's, everything's moving a lot quicker. I think that's how the offense is kind of built in that in, in more of Sam's tempo of, of let's go, let's get on the ball, let's 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 run this zone read, let's let's run this uh, run pass option, let's you know do that kind of stuff. So and he's really excelled, and and I've been really you know pleasantly surprised by what Sam can do. Not just not just with his legs, I think that that's an asset, but his arm has been the way he can his quick hands and his release and and the different throws he's already made. It's it's really been exceptional, and and uh, and it'll be fun to watch him because he's he I think he's still growing and, and he's still he's still getting better. Yeah, you know it's funny that. At USC, that switching quarterbacks is is very rare. It hasn't happened this century, you know, like midseason. Oh, we're going to switch guys. So it's yeah. not like something you can look back. I mean, Pete Carroll, you know, John David Booty broke his finger and he didn't want to put an NFL quarterback, Mark Sanchez, in the game. You know, I mean, that's yeah, that's the kind of stuff that's been around USC. But you know, now that it's happened, I agree with you. I don't think Max Brown was the big problem or or any. You know, really, I mean, it seemed like the other stuff around him. Have you seen? the play calling and stuff change now that Sam Darnold is in there? And do you think it's, I mean, I, people say, well, cause he's more athletic. You can do different things, but it seems like it just changed like more than that. It just seems like they've changed the way they're doing things with Sam Darnold in there uh, as opposed to what Max Brown was doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just think it works a lot better with Sam, you know, with, with Max, he wasn't, you know, uh, as fleet of foot as, as Sam. So when you're running these zone reads, it's, it's, that other teams knew that Max wasn't going to ever take the ball or or pull it and and run. It was more of a, okay, the flow's going to go this way on the play, and the whole defense knows the running backs to one side. It's going to it can only come one way, and then with with, with Sam coming there, run those same you can run those same plays, and and then when Sam pulls it once, then that your defense has to automatically uh, as a defender, you have to automatically you know expect uh, you have to put somebody on Sam now. You have to account for what's going on with Sam Darnold. So I think at that that level. Uh, brings brings a different element to the offense, and then and then I thought the running game is you know Justin Davis's emergence here the last few games has been really um, something I think even Sam has benefited from. It's just his hard running, his work, his the way he his extra effort I think on every run play now has has been astonishing. And I think once you get a Ronald Jones going, and now Juju's you know Juju's where Juju should be. He's getting the ball and. And, and make plays. So it's 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 all. I think it's all coming together now. And it took him a couple of while. And it's unfair to to Max because it, the offense just wasn't there yet when he was running the show. And and that's unfortunate for him. And I wish him the best. But you know now it's now it's Sam's. He's got he's got it going now. And it, it's probably no turning back. And and uh, let's see where this thing can go. You mentioned the offensive line a couple of times. It's 
it's been really strange because they've, you know, so many starters coming back. So, you know, eight or nine guys that have started, uh, you know, return for USC. Uh, guys are all four and five star you know, recruits. Um, people projected to go to the NFL. You know, Zach Banner, you know, biggest guy in college football. Um, it, you know, obviously it seems like they underperformed early. Do you think that they've gotten better and it's, it's getting you know, it's, it's getting better. I know it's hard to be five different offensive line coaches in five years or whatever it was, but have you seen them getting better? And, and you know, what, what problems did you see from that offensive line? Yeah, to me it was, the, you know, the expectations were, were, were through the roof. You know, we, we start out with an Alabama team with probably one of the, you know, best, you know, top five, top five fronts in, in college football. Uh, so it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, when you set that bar so high, oh, it's number one offensive line versus number one defensive line. Let's see who wins. And then, you know, we have the game we have. So it's, it, that's difficult to judge them from. And then, you know, just, uh, to me, it's, it's, you know, been injuries. Losing a, a Toa Lobendon is a, a big crushing blow to, I think, a, a group that, you know, center is usually this most essential player to getting communication to the, to the offensive line. And then just getting a feel for how Neil Callaway and, and, and T. Martin, you know, wanted to run that offensive scheme, wanted to run their blocking schemes and, I think they're getting used to what what these offensive linemen can do well as as a group. You know, I think you know starting on the season there was a little more, uh, you know, sp- splits to their offense, and there was a lot of space for these guys. And, and, and it's tough when you're a big guy and there's a lot of space between defensive linemen. And I think they've done a better job of you know expecting what these offensive linemen can do, uh, and not just. Uh, running around and, and in space, but you know, putting them on guys and, and getting heavy on guys and, and really trying to move guys instead of asking them to do something that they're not comfortable doing. And I think they're getting better at it. You know, unfortunately, you know, with, with Zach going down, he's been down. You know, he might you know miss this week too as well. So it's it's tough when those guys are, are rotating in and out. But I think Jordan and, and Chuma stepped up and, and did a good job, and, and Chris Bound has has been working out there too. So it's and and, and Nico, you can't say enough about Nico for what he's done. And, and last year and this year coming in and kind of saving the day and, and holding down the fort. So it, it's a good group, and, and they're going to get better. I think, you know, as the more games you play together, but it will be good to get some uh, a good, you know, it, they want to run the ball. Offensive linemen want to run the ball. And it's, it's, I'd like to see them just pound the ball out one game and just get those guys happy and energized for, for the rest of the season. On the other line, uh, you know, your you know, former teammate, you know, Kenichu Daisy, uh, his first time, you know, being a college football coach i don't know i mean that's you know you play you do all these different things but to, to go you know he was a strength coach to come in and, and try to coach these young guys um how do you think he's done so far and how do you think the defensive line has, has played so far i think i think they've you know helped Kenechi out you know being your first big time gig your first defensive line coaching job to be at usc is obviously a huge a huge thing because it's it's not like walking into a high school and learning how to get your coaching because I think Kanechi is, is, is a good coach, but you still have to get that experience and that, you know, that's why I think, you know, Pete Jenkins is there to help out. And, you know, he's got, he's in charge of that group, Kanechi, and, and, and they've gotten better since spring. You know, if you went, went out there and watched them in spring, I thought, oh man, we're, we're kind of in trouble here. It's, uh, it's going to be tough to be, you know, beating people down up front with, you know, this thin a line. But, you know, at the addition of Stevie and Stevie, Stevie T and Josh Fatu, these guys, you know, have been great. Uh, additions to the line and they've you know added some depth and, and i think you've seen kind of the group grow altogether Rasheen green i thought had his best game of the year last week josh fatu is, is i think is rushing a lot better i think stevie is, is playing the run excellent he's a really great run defender and and so these guys have gotten a lot better and so i think you can credit that to 
Coach Kanechi and, and, and the drills and the and, and if you watch him, he's got an enthusiasm about coaching. I know, I know, I've been asked about coaching, and I just, I just don't see me doing it. I can't, I can't fire it up like he does every day, and <laughs> and he does a great job of really motivating those guys. And I think you know, if if you, if you see the players getting better, that's a, a credit to the uh, coaching and, and what he's doing. We'll keep you in the media, Sean. Well, how about that? We'll keep you on. This yeah, side. no, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Those guys got crazy hours, and you and uh, not a lot of life expectancy at some of those spots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching the uh, the replay about you know, back uh, the Pac-12 fo- whole football game in sixty minutes. Pac-12 Network. I love that. That's awesome. So yeah. I just I didn't have Pac-12 Network before, but I got it now. So I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I still don't have it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy about. it. I like it. But I was you know watching it through, and it seemed like. Uh, you know, when Clancy Pendergast came in and he was known for being a more aggressive, uh, you know, play caller on defense. Um, I think it was pro football focus that said that USC was, you know, below average as far as, uh, blitz percentage on, on drop back play. I think it was like 31%. But in the, the Arizona State game, they bumped it up to about 50%. And it just seemed like there was a whole lot more activity going along the, the line of scrimmage. They were, you know, confusing Manny Wilkins and eventually knocking him out of the game. They were stopping both, you know, Balazs and Richard, like both, you know, great running backs for Arizona State. It just seemed like they were much more active at the line. I wanted to get your thoughts on how that USC defensive front or the whole defense played against Arizona State. And was it different than the kind of schemes you saw maybe in some of the other games? Yeah, I thought it was a lot different. I think even uh, Coach Helm had mentioned how, how much more aggressive it was after the Utah game. I think a Utah game you saw – a defense that was kind of on its heels, you know, a defense, you know, for the most, most part of the second half on those three long drives in the second half, you know, you saw defense just rushing four, kind of trying to hoping to get there, not getting much pass rush, not winning many one-on-ones, not, you know, getting not really any blitz type stuff, just kind of sitting on the lead and, and trying to hope that, you know, the offense could, could uh, hang one more score and then they could walk out of there with a win. But so that, I think they learned a lesson from that game and, and I, th- I think they had to, you know, really think about, hey, let's start dialing some stuff up to free up some stuff. Because that, that, not only does I think, you know, you think if you blitz, you can't form and rush or you can't um, win what your one-on-ones. That's why you have to blitz. I think, I think the blitz, as a player, you know, it, it helps everything. It, it opens up a lot of stuff for your one-on-run rush. When you put more things in the offensive lineman's head that he has to do, he's got to worry about blitzes. Oh, and then a one-on-run, one rush, and then you know, so it just puts more more thoughts in his head. And that's anytime you can get him thinking more, and you can, as a defensive player, you can use that to your advantage. And I think bringing those blitzes just helps out your one-on-one rush. If the if you can bring a couple blitzes, and even if they don't go home, you put that get home that you you put that thought in the offensive lineman's head that that those could come, and it makes the, your one-on-one rush that much more easier because that offensive lineman is thinking about some other stuff. So I think they've done a good job. I think they did a great job last week. It really, Clancy did a great job of really dialing up stuff the right time and not and, and and you know some of that stuff puts you in risk but he d- down them at the right time where we there wasn't a lot of risk and we could still get home and then you had some some really successful one-on-one rushes for machine green and uh uchenna and 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 uh and uh, chris hawkins got home on a blitz so it's it's some of that stuff was i thought you know perfectly timed and it's it's a, it comes down to a lot of the play calling stuff i know you got daddy duties to take care of but one last thing for you sean if you might if you wouldn't mind the uh Colorado game. This is a this is a good Colorado team. I mean, people. I've had USC fans tweet me. Does Colorado even have a chance? And like, they're ranked number twenty one. I mean, this is a a really good uh, team. What have you seen so far from them? And and what is USC? What is USC going to have to do better or do well to to get another win here in the Coliseum? 
Yeah, I think uh, as a USC fan, you think Colorado. I mean, my first thought is 40 to three when we play in my sophomore year, and and that's probably unfair to 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 think that of Colorado. I think Coach McIntyre has really done a great job. I think last year, if you watch, you know what they were able to do in some of the games, they they were able to fight in uh, and and play hard in and, and just barely lose games. Uh, it reminds you of like a. a, a 2001 Pete Carroll team where they were just on the fringe of you know finding out we were just on the fringe of finding out how good we were and and, and now they're in their in their second year there they they really uh, picked it up and 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 played played Michigan tough was up on them and 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 really you know and and you play stick to our schedule I mean just think about what was this our fifth uh, ranked team that we're playing or fourth or fifth ranked team that we we played this year so it's 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 a tough it's been a tough schedule and Colorado is a team that's you know well balanced on offense they can. They can throw it up top with Stevie even after uh, CO has been has been out. So it's they can do a lot of stuff on offense. They're balanced. They want to make that big play. They want to run that trick play and 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 get a big score. But they can also run the ball for a ton. And then on defense, they're tough in the secondary. Man, they got a really killer secondary. They can really shut down a lot of people. They done I don't know. They really ranked high in in, in defensive in, in pass uh, defense and. So they can do a lot of stuff. They're well balanced. And Coach McIntyre just got those guys playing a really good really good ball right now. Yeah, it's uh, it, that that team that you guys beat forty to three, they were ranked too, but you guys were like both you know, seventeen or eighteen or something like that. But uh, I don't think people realize like, oh, the USC this USC team is going to be really really good. Obviously, yeah. you were, but but just outclassed uh, yeah, that, that was, Colorado. That, I remember team. that game because I mean Colorado Boulder is a, a really cool college time. Or being like, man, and that Buffalo's running around over there, and uh, so those guys aren't going to get to experience uh, Ralphie. But uh, it was it was quite a it was quite a game. We had fun. Uh, we had, a, I, mean, I remember a dominating defensive performance. So it was, it was, you know, a good time to be a Trojan. But uh, yeah, I think this Colorado team is. This game is going to be exciting. I, I think we're we get favored every every game, but uh, we <laughs> it, it should be a, a better. It's going to be a good game, and fans should fans should expect a good game and, and definitely not a, a blowout win. Yeah, that Ralph seeing Ralphie run around. That's an awesome environment for college football. So I'm glad, it's good to see Colorado back because you know. They, they won a championship or in the early you know ninety or whatever it was, and they've just been yeah. kind of bad lately, you know. So it's kind of nice. I to remember see being I got recruited by Colorado, and it was one of the schools I was you know thinking about early on in the process, man. And now they and then they fell off, and I'm thinking like, what the, what was I ever thinking about going to Colorado? But uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a great college town and a great football town. And they love football and, uh, and and Ralphie running around and Coach McIntyre's got them fired up. So I expect a a good game from them. You you know you, you think about that. I mean, you were like the first big recruit for Pete Carroll right like I mean this was like the Pete Carroll wanted to keep the the big players in Southern California home I mean who knows I mean maybe the whole you know national championship run doesn't even happen if you end up going to Colorado and not USC maybe we just win national championships at Colorado Ryan (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it there was a there was some pretty good players at USC that uh, probably would have some uh some takes on that but uh no yeah it was it worked out well for me I love when uh people mentioned that you know i was like the starting recruit for pete carroll but they failed to mention like leinard and all these guys that were in my class and they did they think it was something i magically did but uh no it was you know i was i was really fortunate i it always embarrasses me when when pete carroll brings that up that's funny yeah uh well awesome hey sean cody follow him on twitter at sean cody 95 and definitely pre and post game if you're listening to the radio you're driving into the coliseum or driving home uh especially the post game one you want to listen to him uh, to sean and chris fisher Call in, tell them what you think. Tell them you heard of on the Peristyle podcast. But uh, thanks, Sean. Hope you enjoy uh, the, the games this weekend. Have a good pre- and post-game show. 
Thanks, Ryan. And even if we win, I want the fans to call in because sometimes they only call in when we lose. So we want them to call in when we win, too. But thanks a lot, Ryan. It was fun. Oh, no problem, mate. That's Sean Cody. Check him out on Twitter, at SeanCody95. Thanks so much, Sean, and thank you guys all for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time.